welcome to Hollywood Insider's podcasts. Do subscribe and feel free to visit hollywoodinsider.com for more. Hollywood Insider is a media network focused on substance and meaningful entertainment while being against gossip and scandal so as to utilize media as a tool to unite and better our world by combining entertainment, education, and philanthropy. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is your host, Britton Ambrose. Today's episode is titled, Why Shows Should End After a Major Actor Leaves. This article has been written by Carrie Fishbane. The written version of this article can be found on hollywoodinsider.com. Leaving my company after 19 years. I'll drink to that. I'm starting at a company this week. Oh, really? To beginnings and endings. And to middles. It seems like a rather obvious statement that a show can't recuperate after losing something as integral to its identity as the main character. Time and time again, shows' stories have faltered and they haven't been able to recover viewership when the main actor or an actor crucial to the story departs. Would I rather be feared or loved? Um, easy, both. I want people to be afraid of how much they love me. And I think I proved that today at the dojo. The show sometimes tries to replace the actor with a new face, such as The Office did when Steve Carell's teddy bear of a character, Michael Scott, left and was replaced by potential sex addict and utter creep, Robert California, played by James Spader. There is only sex. Everything is sex. You understand that what I'm telling you is a universal truth. And in other cases, the show completely reinvents itself, such as when Scrubs lost Zach Braff's John Dorian and the teaching hospital the characters worked at turned into a medical school over the summer hiatus and the audience was completely thrown off guard. You'd be hard-pressed to find a great show that could function without its main character. Dude, that's my sister! Imagine if Friends had fired David Schumer and we suddenly found out about Monica's other brother, Paul, or The Simpsons lost Homer and refocused to become about the chronicles of Itchy and Scratchy. These two scenarios might sound ridiculous, but crazier things have happened in the real-life world of television and the result has never been good. Almost always after a show loses an important character, it's an omen that signals a painful death is imminent for the show. And that's only being a little dramatic. Oh, oh my god! Okay, it's happening! Everybody stay calm! What's the Everybody procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? Stay calm! Wait, 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 wait! Everybody just calm down! Eight simple rules for dating my teenage daughter and House of Cards and the ugly truth of unplanned character departures. <laughs> Thank you.
John Ritter unexpectedly died while filming season two of The Eight Simple Rules. Cast, crew and fans of the show were all caught completely off guard. There were two choices for executives at that point. Either end the show. Okay, Cupcake, I think you missed the word under in underwear because I can see your bra and that slingshot you're wearing under your pants. For thong. It's floss. Or find a way to explain Ritter's disappearance from the show and truck on. They chose the second option and needless to say, it did not go well. First off, Ritter's absence from the show was explained by his character suddenly dying. I never would have got this far before. Dad would have never let me go out like this. This was arguably the most respectable possible send-off for Paul, but unfortunately, it didn't go over well. The show shifted tone dramatically from a cookie family comedy about a dad trying to rein in his hormonal teenagers. Stop here! Ah, oh, do not drop us off up front! And after we walk away, do not roll down the window and shout something out after us. Or honk. To a show about a family coping with the loss of the patriarch. I watched reruns of the show in high school and one of the few memories I have from being a fan is how it left the wrong taste in my mouth when they just replaced Ritter with David Spade's CJ. It felt morally wrong to me to just replace a late cast member and it left me feeling bad after watching every episode in the second season after Paul died. Of course, no one on the cast or crew can be blamed for Ritter's death, but it just didn't sit right with anyone when he was replaced. We all remember Kevin Spacey being Me too and his hiding under the LGBTQ plus rainbow in order to defend himself. Still, Spacey says he's beyond horrified by the story and he says it has encouraged him to do something he's never done before, publicly acknowledge that he is gay. What you may not remember is that House of Cards still continued on for another season after Spacey left. I'll tell you this though, Francis. When they bury me, it won't be in my backyard. And when they pay their respects, they'll have to wait in line. I'm of course not arguing that he should not have been fired from House of Cards. Executives definitely made the right call there. But the sixth season of House of Cards had significantly reduced viewership. Would it have been more respectful to the movement against sexual harassment and assault to have just ended the show Spacey left? So huge a mark on? A show that a good amount of its viewership was watching the show just for Spacey's performance? Whether it be acting or real life? That 70s show and The Office and how a show breaks irreparably when its core is lost. That 70s show is a unique case because it lost not one, but two members of its main cast in the last season. Eric Foreman was played by Topher Grace and was the emotional core of the show. His relationship with Donna was a central theme in the first seven seasons of the show. So then it's a, it's a date. Our first. Yeah. If you don't count all the times I mauled you. Yeah. Um, which I don't. <laughs> Aston Kutcher was a driving comedic force in the show as bubbling buffoon Michael K. 
told so. We have breaking news. I'm toasted. These two characters were essential to the formula that made that 70s show so great. Their departure cannot entirely be blamed for the show ending as a show called That 70s Show can't really go into the 80s and the show was already up to 1979 when Kelso and Eric left. I can't believe you're leaving tomorrow. Yeah. And it's kind of weird spending our last moments together bent over a table with our naked butt. Still, the show again wasn't strong enough to hold its own without these two characters. Both characters were replaced in the last season. Except for the fact that you're into Randy. <laughs> what are you talking about? Hi, Randy. I like music. Do you like music? Josh Mayer's Randy replaced Eric as Donna's love interest, and Tommy Chong returned to the show to fill the comedic hole left in the show by Kelso's departure. Donna's character took a major hit and she felt less lovable because she moved on from the love of her life for seven seasons after a couple of episodes. What are you talking about? <laughs> Wait, now he got away. Steven! What was she talking about? Leo was an old favorite of the show since his original appearance in earlier seasons, but as Leo was somewhere between the ages of 30 and 70, it would be weird if he hung out in the basement with a bunch of teenagers and the basement was a core set piece of the show. It's Britney, bitch. Probably the hardest hit for fans was the departure of Steve Carell from the cast of The Office. Oh no, God! No, God, please, no! 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 For over seven seasons, Michael was one of the best parts of an already amazing show. Michael served as both a comedic and emotional center to the show. Whatever you call it, I am running away from my responsibilities. Well, it feels good. Michael just needed a family throughout his time on the show and audiences identified with him because of that. He was both a complex and hilarious character. Why am I so sad? Am I doing the wrong thing? Absolutely not. It's just that sometimes goodbyes are a bitch. This is why not a single fan I was dry during the two-part episode Goodbye, Michael. I mean, we actually really all want to thank you for everything. Remember to Granted, Michael's character arc was completed by the time he left the show. Would I rather be feared or loved? Um, easy, both. I want people to be afraid of how much they love me. He had finally found the love of his life and was ready to start a family with Holly. A perfect ending for it to a perfect story. But the show carried on for another season and a half without him. Of course, Gunder Mifflin had to find another manager without Michael. And that's when Robert California was hired. Took one look at the office and instead of accepting the position of regional manager, convinced the CEO of Dunder Mifflin, Sabre, to let him take her position. Therein lies exactly why Robert California wasn't a good replacement for Michael. 
He replaced Michael's love for his employees with condescension and a sense that he was above them. <laughs> well, what about the other guys? Losers? Oh, come on. I don't know. God, I don't know say. Come on. No, come well, on. I guess I think they're losers. <laughs> he replaced Michael's puppy-like loyalty to Dunder Mifflin with a general lack of care for its well-being. I will not be blackmailed by some ineffectual, privileged, effete, soft-penis debutante. You want to start a street fight with me, bring it on, but you're going to be surprised by how ugly it gets. You don't even know my real name. Robert California would have been good in a more cold-hearted drama like House of Cards, and I can even see him fighting for the Iron Throne, but he definitely wasn't meant to be an employee in the warm-hearted office of Dunder Mifflin. Thank you. Yeah, okay. Well, this is going to hurt like a mother... We hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast. The written version of this article can also be found on HollywoodInsider.com. Subscribe to our podcast and also subscribe to our YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash HollywoodInsiderTV. Follow us on our social media. We will be back next time with more thought-provoking features.